0: And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Monday, May 6th, 2019. Looking at the um, program topics and, yeah, hope you're ready for a trip to outer space. Yay, I'm looking forward to going myself. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose Of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, help you to slow down. Stop, open up your Bible, and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Sadly, there is no shortage of crazy things being said out there. We take the time to open up God's Word, to compare and contrast what the most popular Pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles, apostles, and apostolates. apostles, apostles, yeah, double apostles, and those are the super-duper apostles, the double-double apostles, yeah, apostles and apostolates, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying And whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God? Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine, that's teaching that's put forward for consumption by the average evangelical, far from biblical, far from what God's Word said. There's a whole lot of just making stuff up nowadays. And, uh, in fact, let's kind of just swing into, you know, where we're heading today. But before I do that, just want to let you know, uh, soon, very soon, we'll be putting up the website for this year's uh, 2019 Pirate Christian Radio Conference. Save the date. Start making your travel plans now. Uh, We will be in uh, Swansea in the United Kingdom, which is part of Wales, and uh, at uh, the Siloam uh, siloam baptist church it will be hosting the event on august 9th and 10th august 9th and 10th myself pastor jervis nicholas edward charmley gary ferguson and uh, others to be announced will be uh, featured speakers at this year's pirate christian radio conference and it's free it, it, it's this is our way of giving back so if uh, those of you in Western Europe who've always wanted to come and hang out with other listeners of Fighting for the Faith, Pirate Christian Radio, and uh, and you know you you share a concern with you know w- with the state of the church, and you want to meet with like minded people, want to meet me, and want to meet Pastor Gervais, Nicholas, Edward, Charmley, come on down and and uh, and uh, plan on attending. Again, uh, the attendance is free. There will be a registration page that will go up shortly in the in you know the week or two ahead and once that goes up you'll be able to register and and that's the thing if you if, even though it's free you got to let us know you're coming and uh, registration will be limited to the first between 120 and 150 people it'll make it cozy there at uh, Siloam but uh, you get the idea just want to let you know that that's coming up and yes we will be having this year's worst easter sermon of the year contest uh the uh, the broadcast dates for that will be will begin uh, on the uh, the week of the 13th, so uh, if I'm a couple of days getting the, uh, out the, uh, the episodes, my apologies, uh, uh, my travel schedule and, and things I've been doing are going to make that just a little bit challenging to get out on time, but we will be having it, you will have plenty of time to review all of this year's awful Easter sermonage, and yikes, y'all are sending this awful stuff <clears throat> to me, and that's good. In a bad – it's it's good, bad. If you know you – know, yeah, well, we'll explain what the contest is about all when we get to that broadcast week a week from now. All right, so let's talk about what we're going to do on today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. A little bit of a note here. And uh, have you ever listened to the claims of uh, people within the charismatic NAR, Pentecostal movements, and thought, you know, how is it that they – uh, are these like glow in the dark Christians you know and uh, whereas you know mere mortals like myself and yourself and yourself you know you, you you never take trips to heaven and you don't exist in the glory zone and and you know and god doesn't talk to you conversationally and you don't have all these things happening to you and you think well what's wrong with me what do i need to do in order to get in line so that i can start having these you know, uh, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, you know, reach out and and grab me so that I can glow in the dark too. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll note something here. The Bible doesn't teach us this. And those people who are making these claims, they are false teachers and they're pointing you to themselves. So let's, t- <laughs> you know, that's the kind of groundwork for what we're going to be doing today. Uh, we're going to start, yeah, actually we're going to end up doing two of these. Uh, two Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate updates today. Uh, we're going to begin with uh, David Herzog and uh, his cl- and claims regarding him living in the glory zone. I don't know what that is. And in- see if we can make any sense of it when we get to that segment. Uh, we'll take a break after David Herzog. And then when we come back, one of the more I, I just consider it sad and tragic uh, updates that we'll be giving. Uh, Zach Drews, you remember Zach Drew? Zach Drew used to do the um, Revelation in the News uh, segments over at the uh, Jim Baker Show, and then he got canned because Jim Baker replaced him with his family members. Yeah, yeah, that's that's literally how that went down. Well, Zach Drew has reemerged and is claiming that he is a prophecy expert, and. He's got his own YouTube channel, and he's going to be regaling us with a story because he thinks that, um, you know, he's misunderstood a passage of Scripture from the book of Revelation as it relates to our testimony, and thinks that his, well, youthful days when he was um, getting high on, you know, marijuana and other things, that somehow that the devil has been trying to hold him back from sharing this information with us. And uh, and so uh, th- we've named the segment uh, Zach Drew and the Drug-Induced Demonic Trip to Outer Space. Yeah, I wish I was making that up. So, um, yeah, we'll do some biblical correction along the way. So make yourself comfortable. we got a lot of ground we need to be covering. And since we're going to begin... With a glow in the dark, yeah, prophetic holy orders network information exchange syndicate update. Let's do this.
1: Oh, hallelujah. Get up right now.
2: this.
0: That's uh, Robert Tilton and Who Babaconda. So uh, we're going to be heading over to the um, Elijah List YouTube uh, website and listen to Steve Schultz um, interviews David Herzog. And we'll listen to his exploits and see if we can find some biblical basis to... Ask the question: Is there any reason why we should believe any of this stuff? That's a good way to put it. So uh, let's check in with uh, Steve Schultz and David Herzog. Here we go.
1: Welcome to Elijah Streams. I'm your host, Steve Schultz. Would you like to be transported supernaturally to pray healing over people wherever?
0: Are you? <laughs> when I first heard this, I was thinking. Is he going to be interviewing Amanda Wells? I mean,
1: what? Where God sends you, our next guest has done just that, and has had many supernatural encounters. In fact, he is known for living in what people call the glory zone.
0: (laughs) The glory zone, really. And and where is this uh, glory zone mentioned in Scripture? And where, where is the ways in which we as Christians can achieve? This glow-in-the-dark status so that we can live and exist in the glory zone. I'm curious about that. I don't ever recall reading about that in the scriptures.
1: Let's welcome our next guest, co-founder of David Herzog Ministries, David Herzog. Nice to have you. Good to be here, Steve. We were last together in Washington, D.C. at the inauguration. I, I want to hear this. Tell the story where you prophesied. I- I- let's just jump into this. All right. You prophesied to some Israeli people in D.C. Tell me about that.
3: Yeah, so there was the prayer breakfast at the Trump Hotel, the hour of his inauguration. Okay. It was so the, the very hour. The very hour of his inauguration at Trump.
0: And this didn't cause an international incident, I'm sure.
3: Hotel. And so I get over there. and God tells me, when you go there, I'm Doc- going to use you for Israel.
0: Dr. David Herzog. Doctor. What is he, a doctor of?
3: Israel. I didn't understand what that was. I inv- I was invited to come. I didn't know what I would do or not do. The organizer said, get on the stage. I need you to prophesy over the Israeli government Knesset members that are here. I'm like, what? You have a word? I said, I'll, I'll get one by the time I get up there. <laughs> and then-
0: oh, look, there's Rabbi Jonathan Kahn on the stage yeah con c o n oh boy oh man it i just have you noticed that uh Trump's spiritual advisors <laughs> seem to have been grabbed out of a cracker jack box, and uh they just are as bad as they come i'm just it's something I've noticed for the last couple of years.
3: And then when I got up there, this is what came out of my mouth: I declared that Donald Trump will keep his word, and he will move the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. And when I said that, people started cheering, and and the Knesset guys, something were crying. Really? they
1: were really moved because they hey, had you not pre-planned to give that word?
3: No, I just knew it was something about Israel. It was in my heart I, yeah. for years. I
0: got <laughs> <laughs> the prophecy was down in my heart somewhere, and they kind of put me on the spot, and it, poof, it just burbled up. Huh. I okay. told
3: me that when that would happen, yeah. it would be one of the signs, one of the signs of, that we're really close to an awakening. Yeah. And then when that happened, when I was able to do that,
0: it was. Uh, so that was a sign that we were close to an awakening, by the way, the charismatic, uh, you know, movements and the N.A.R. You know, it, it, you remember the Star Wars movie, it was uh, Empire Strikes Back that you could always tell that the Empire is getting ready to jump into the lights because they dump their garbage. Anyway, um in a similar way <laughs> that that's the metaphor in a similar way, the charismatic movement in the NAR, uh, they, they are trying to prepare everybody for a big revival thingy. And, uh, you know, and, and so everybody's got major expectation and it, the, the expectation continues to ramp up. And, uh, I think there are people in the NAR who are, um, just a little bit sad, that this uh, this revival that they've been talking about didn't come about last year because uh, remember the prophecies regarding the death of Billy Graham that that would kick off this and it had it 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 it's just hasn't arrived yet. Hmm. You're, you're just saying
3: that they were so touched they came to me after hugged me and and they just said man we, we really that's why we came all the way here from Israel to hear that and, and it was really awesome. And, they, and Then he did it.
0: <laughs> just, whoosh, whoo, well, I just, did you feel the ghost bumps from that one? Whoosh,
1: woo. Like in, a year later, I want to hear David. Uh, we talked about off camera. Tell tell us the story of how God you got saved when you were ten. We know yeah. that you told me that, but how did God bring you into the supernatural? what, what began to mm. happen? I was after from ten on. I was really hungry. Like
3: okay, I'm saved, but something's missing. I didn't understand what it was. It was the Holy Spirit. And at a youth camp, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. They said,
0: "So you were saved, truly regenerate." Brought to penitent faith in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you didn't have the Holy Spirit? Really?
3: Hmm. Whoever wants the Holy Spirit, come on up. So waiting in this line. And before we get to the...
0: Was this like a cafeteria thing? I mean, form a line and, you know, bring your tray up and we'll throw some Holy Spirit on your tray there at at summer camp. What is this?
3: To the altar, it was already hitting the people in the line waiting.
0: It was hitting the people.
3: It hits my friend. And there's a huge line of 100 people. And I go, why are you crying? Because we're like, we played sports together and stuff in the camp. Does it hurt? You know, I was 13. <laughs> Is it painful? He goes, no, dude, it's awesome. It's the so good it's Jesus, the Holy Spirit. So I'm like, okay, so I just, and then boom, it hits me. And I started getting touched by the Spirit. And I started speaking in tongues before they prayed for us. Normally, you know, you come up and they, and I was taken up to heaven and I saw. Okay, wait a minute.
0: You, you, you were what? <laughs> uh-huh, right. So now you're going to note here we've we got a problem because, you know, as a Christian now, I've got to believe that, you know, Jesus is the son of God, second person of the Holy Trinity, rose bodily from the grave, and, and that, uh, and you know, things like that. And I have to believe that um, Herzog here, David Herzog, uh, has traveled to heaven and stuff. By the way... Who are we hearing about? And see, this is the big test, and this is kind of the big takeaway from this video: is is that you can always always tell a false prophet, because the person they're pointing them you're pointing people to is themselves. It's, it's they're not pointing people to Jesus. And I have a biblical text to kind of bear this out. Let's take a look at the uh, the Book of Revelation, chapter nineteen, and. Here's here's uh, here's the account, and watch how this works. So the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now that's a good word. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. These are the people whom the gospel comes to and calls them to repent of their sins, to be forgiven to receive pardon and grace and mercy and eternal life as a gift from God on account of what Christ has done for them. And uh, and and so, you know, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then he said to me, these are the true words of God. So note, we have in the book of Revelation, this angel speaking these very true words of God. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of of. Of the, lo- of the lamb, and so John fell down at the angel's feet to worship him. Yeah, no, you see, you don't do that. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. So you'll note. Don't be paying any attention to me, the angels. And don't be worshiping me. Don't be putting me on a pedestal or anything. Knock that off. Right? And then he says this. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so now you can say, wait a second. The, the, these All these people claiming to be prophets and having these sp- supernatural experiences and Giving these prophetic utterances and shaking the worlds and you know and all this kind of stuff. The, the, the people they're pointing people to is themselves. The exact opposite of this angel. Here, this angel speaks the true word and says, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And John wants to worship him, and the angels don't do that. It, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the scriptures are about Christ. The prophets, even the Old Testament prophets, they wrote about Christ. And so over and again, these people, these wingnuts, these wackerdoodles like Schultz and Herzog and, you know, others. There's a whole pantheon of these false teachers and prophets out there on, you know, they've invaded the world like a plague. And, the people, and they're pointing everybody to them. Why should I believe David Herzog has had a portal experience and gone to heaven and all this kind of nonsense answer. There's no reason I should believe that because you know who he's not telling me about Jesus is telling me about David Herzog. And here Steve Schultz is like, you know, literally, you know, lapping this up going, Oh, how did you get, how did you get to operate in the supernatural like that? How did you do it? How did you, I want to do that too. And, yeah, and, and everything's all about Herzog. But it ain't about Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In fact, uh, even the, in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah chapter 23, here, listen to what God says against the false prophets. That says, Yahweh, Savaoth, the God of armies, right? Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. Uh, They continually say to those who despise the word of Yahweh, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster will come upon you. But who among them has stood in the counsel of Yahweh? to see and to hear his word, or who has paid attention to his word and listened. Behold, the storm of the Lord, wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until it is executed. He has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. And in the latter days, you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, and yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. And If they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people the real words of God. And they would have turned them from their evil way. Remember, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Turning people from their sins and and bringing them the message that God will forgive them. You see, that's that's what prophecy is all about. So they would have turned them from their evil ways and from the, the evil of their deeds. But they don't do that. They Sec- you know they basically keep people secure in their sin and stuff like that. And of course, Herzog here is telling us a lot about Herzog, not telling us nothing about
1: Jesus. We continue. You're this. Boom. You're in line. Yeah. And you're taken up to heaven. My spirit, not my body. I think my body was still well, there. Well, but I mean, nevertheless, you went.
3: I saw the Father was there. I couldn't see his face. It was so bright. But I, and I saw Jesus, and I'm just and I'm floating in mid in like in the air in heaven looking up at the throne and i'm 13 so i'm not like this is before all this stuff you know where they were teaching on how to do yeah, whatever right and then he says you're going to travel for my glory and i didn't understand what that meant later i was trying to think oh maybe i'll be a pilot or a steward on the airplane or a cruise ship i didn't know yeah <laughs> that's kind of what happened and then from then on it was a whole new boldness then my pastor said hey can you teach sunday school like i was like 16. And all of a sudden, legs started growing out. I said, let's, let's try to pray. You
0: catch that part. All of a sudden, legs started growing out. The old leg lengthening parlor trick. That's not a miracle, that's just a parlor trick. For healings and all this stuff just started happening in a new age town. Uh, all the stuff, the stuff and stuff just started happening and stuff.
3: Sedona, I never was new age, but we grew up in this town that was, you know, full of all this kind of weird stuff.
1: So, what I'm getting through you, though, is that, okay, some people get saved and then other people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. God catapulted you unlike many he took you to heaven right to begin with um, did the Lord talk to you in heaven or were you just seeing yeah the, the, a the voice said you're going to you're going to travel oh, right. you're going to
3: travel for my glory and I was kind of like suspended in the air looking up at, and I, at the throne it was just like really it just changed me you know
1: I, I want to find out now you did tell me that you, that happened but how much has that happened in the years since how many times do you have you visited heaven uh,
4: how many times have you visited heaven uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah,
0: we've, all of this is pointing us to David Herzog, pointing us to Jesus. And so you know, yeah. See, wow, that's amazing. How come he gets to go to heaven and I don't get to go to heaven and stuff?
3: Um, about about ten years ago, we went to Israel and we went to Bethel. Okay. Not the one in Reading. That the the, yeah. the
1: first one. Where <laughs> Jacob?
3: Yeah, Jacob Jacob's Peter, ladder. And yeah. so no one was going there then because it was the Intifada. The wall wasn't up. People were. Buses were blowing up, so my tour guy was like, "Dude, you can't go there; it's dangerous." I go, "I want to go." Okay, you can go, but you got to rent a bulletproof bus. You got to rent a soldier with a machine gun on the bus. I go, "Great." He was trying to discourage me, <laughs> and the more he told the more excited I got. So we did it. Because you got to pass Ramallah to get there; it's like a settlement. We get there, we lay on the slab. This is Bethel. We lay down. I go, "Well, you
0: you lay on the slab."
4: This is the gate of heaven. It says, "This is the gate of heaven." They say that. So I know. lay down there. Brought the
3: whole team, and that, and then that's when I started really getting more often heavenly experiences. It was there's a portal there, and I got taken up to heaven. And Jesus told me I saw his face, and he said, "Thank you for touching Isaac, the Jewish people, but I want you to also touch Ishmael, the Muslims and the Arabs." And I was like, "Okay." And I'm half Jewish, so it's kind of like, "Are you sure, Lord?" You know. And then a week later, I get invited to all these Muslim countries: Dubai, Bahrain, Kuwait. But it was just like. It was exploded. So I knew it was the Lord. And the second thing he said was, organize for me a conference in Jerusalem, which is really weird. You're in heaven, and Jesus goes, would you organize a conference for me? <laughs> so I, I,
0: Yeah, I, I don't think you were really li- hearing from the real Jesus. In fact, there's really good reasons, biblical ones, to know that you're not.
3: Come out of this, two days later, a friend of mine goes, we're going to go to Bethlehem and do an outreach for the Palestinian and the Arabs there, and I, but I want you to organize a conference in Jerusalem for the, to reach the Jewish people. And I go, that's weird, that's exact words Jesus just told me two days ago at Bethel in Heaven. So we did it. So it's like so that's how you know it's real. It's not just your imagination because it's confirming. They-
0: right, yeah. So yeah, you'll note uh the stories are tall tales indeed. Um but the one thing they're not doing, you know, in, in that is telling us about Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Not the testimony of the exploits of herzog and notice he's not even a hundred percent confident that the things that he's experienced were from god but i know it was because you know the confirmation thingy stuff and stuff Uh uh-huh and so now i gotta believe that he lives in the glory zone that he's taken a portal to heaven seen jesus on multiple occasions And notice the vagaries of the things that apparently Jesus told him to do. And there's Schultz. Oh, man, you really got catapulted, man, really early and stuff. And uh, yeah, aren't you amazing? Mm hmm. Yeah. This is the equivalent of John worshiping the angel. But rather than the angel saying, don't do that, you know, in this theology, the angel would be going, yeah, aren't I special? You see? Look at all the great things I get to do. Yeah, this is this is just absolute arrogance, and it's uh, it's it's ignorance and audacity. These are false prophets. These experiences are not from the real Holy Spirit, and they're pointing us to the messenger rather than to the message they're supposed to be bringing. The message they're supposed to be bringing is about Jesus, not them. I think you get the point. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Myra Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to outer space with uh, Zach Drew as he shares his testimony that the devil apparently doesn't want him to share. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back.
5: No sneaky squid spirit formed
0: against us will
4: prosper. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe
2: This is the air Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. It's Marty Python's Flying Circus Church. Hey, Do you want to feel free? holier than thou? Try Bible Thirst Holy Drinks for people who need gratuitous amounts of piety, with all new flavors like Prosperity. Instant abundance. It's like adding your bank account to an electrical storm. storm. Sound the alarm. You're going to be uncomfortably holy. What's that? You want mana? Well, how about super mana? Made with lightning. Real lightning. Preaching. Ah. You'll be good at it. It's a holy drink for men. Clergy. These aren't your pastor's puns. They are righteous puns. Piety puns. Sinner, saint, sinner, saint. Prayers lights, cross lights, power lights, more lights than your body has room for. You'll be so holy, Mother Teresa will be like, Slow down. And be like, No! And roundhouse kick her in the face with your Bible butt. pants. You have so much holiness, holiness. Ah. Just praying all the time. Power, praying, power, preaching, power, praising, power, fasting, power, meditating, power, laughing, power, responding, gesture. You have so much gesture. Just like Esau. Give prosperity to babies. They'll be holy, a- too. Make your babies run abnormally fast. fast. They'll be as fast as Elijah. People watch them running and think they're Elijah. They'll race as fast as a- Elijah. In a race with the actual Elijah. And it will be a time they'll get deported back to-, to Israel. Hey, go with the for sure thing. Don't gabble on your afterlife. Jesus. Try Bible thirst. The energy that will make you
4: ah, holy. Ah.
2: Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. Hey everyone, it's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's Coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious, it's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society, and it's, it's coffee! There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical, somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee, and it'll arrive at your door in a convenient resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee i personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well with milk <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what i call a balanced breakfast so head on over to gillespie.coffee and get some that's g-i-l-l-e-s-p-i-e
4: dot coffee rex out
0: Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think there's no such thing as glow in the dark Christians who live in the glory zone. Because they don't. Just a reminder Fighting for the Faith is listener supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, financial contributions, in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. And you can partner with us, it is a partnership. Visit our website, Fighting for the Faith. Dot com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew, and rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunners made it 24 95 a month from there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month, and then Quartermaster, $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to make a one-time contribution, you could do so by clicking on the Donate button. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, click on the Become a Patron button. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith, and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208, and let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here uh, without it. All right, moving along, another Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update. Uh, This is checking in with Zach Drew. It's been a while since we've checked in with him, but uh, let's do this. (laughs)
2: At an English fair, one evening I was there when I heard a
0: showman shouting underneath the flare. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, there they are standing in a row. Big ones, small ones, some as big as your head. And Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts,
2: every ball you throw will make me rich. There
0: stands me wife, the idol of me life, singing roll a a ball a penny a pitch Singing roll a a ball a penny a pitch Singing roll a a ball a penny Roll-a-bowl-a-ball,
5: ball
2: roll a a ball
4: singing roll a a ball a penny
0: a pitch Yeah, that's right. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Uh, so, like I said earlier, we're heading over to the YouTube channel of Zach Drew, Zach Drew formerly worked with Jim Baker. You'll kind of hear he's still ruminating about that, it's still stinging because he was sacked so that uh, they can make room for uh, 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 Jim Baker's adopted children to uh, you know to come on board with him on the program. That was a while ago now. And Zach Drew is now uh, ha- he has a YouTube channel and all I can say is that uh, he's as theologically confused. As ever, it's really a, a kind of a tragic mess. Uh, and along the way, we'll learn about what the Bible does teach about testimonies and whose testimony it really matters when it comes to preaching the gospel. Um, and when I tell you, it's not yours; it's it's the testimony about Christ, the eyewitness testimony about His life, teaching, death, burial, resurrection, ascension into heaven. That that's the testimony that you want to be telling people about, um, not yours. So, uh, without any further ado, here's
5: Zach Drew. It is time I share the untold side of my testimony, where I left reality and spoke to a demonic entity in what I perceived at the time I was 17 to be outer space.
4: You know, with an intro like that...
0: I would like to reach out to Zach Drew's friends. You need to get Zach Drew some mental health treatment. This doesn't sound at
5: all sane, what he's saying. And this demonic entity was deceiving me about eternity, heaven, and the true things of God. And my story isn't as rare as many would think.
0: Notice the self-importance here.
5: Millions in America have had experiences like this, and they're still sitting completely deceived with what they were shown because of gateway drugs. It will ultimately give you a glimpse on really the core of me.
0: I really don't need to know the core of you. The core of you is pretty much the same as the core of me, Uh, born dead in trespasses and sins and having a horrible, no good, dead, you know, sinful nature that doesn't desire to do the things of God, doesn't love God. Yet we, we all have that down inside of us. And as Christians, we are also regenerated by the Holy Spirit through the Word of Christ. And we have a new man within us. And the old man and the new man kind of war with each other. This is uh, normal for Christians. But when it comes to the things of Christ, I really don't need to know much more beyond what I just said, which can be shown from Scripture, regarding the core of you. Each and every one of us, we're the problem, not the solution. Yeah, We're the problem that Jesus' death on the cross
5: <laughs> solves, if you would. I think about this story almost on a weekly basis. Why? Um, where the Lord has brought me from. It's going gonna, it's gonna... to... Show you a different side of, of me.
0: And I, I don't need to see any other sides of you.
5: Probably explain why I talk about the things that I talk about on this show and why I feel the Lord has called me to certain areas of, of ministry.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy is, um, like I said, he's deceived. Here we go. All right. Now, I'm going to fast forward because the intro to his program now follows and we'll jump ahead to where he decides to actually engage in some teaching and lay the foundation for his testimony.
5: Listen, Revelation 12, 11. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous about Andrew's over here by the side of the camera. I'm nervous about this show and I'll explain to you why I'm nervous as we go on. But Revelation 12, 11 says this. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. That him is, is talking about the Antichrist. Tri-
0: now, we're going to notice something here. Okay, Three rules for sound biblical exegesis. They are context, context, and context. And so here, Zach Drew is parachuting into uh, Revelation, which is not an easy book to understand. It, it is Filled with word picture symbols uh, that uh, need to be defined and explained and understood. And Revelation 12, there's a lot going on in Revelation chapter 12. So he just jumps to Revelation 12, 11. And the reason he's doing that is because he's looking for the word testimony, and he has a false understanding of what's going on in Revelation 12, 11. We'll clean this up in a minute. But uh, let's let him
5: spin this out. Triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb. That's Jesus. And by the word of their testimony, your testimony, my testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. It gave them boldness.
0: All right. Let's take a look at Revelation chapter 12. All right. We'll start in verse 7 because this is where the next word picture, you know, kind of graphic frightening picture picks up in the book of Revelation in the flow of how it reads. And if you want to get more of the context, you can back up into verse 1. But for our sake today, we'll focus here starting at verse 7. Now, war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. The dragon's going to be the devil. And the dragon and his angels, they fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him and i heard a loud voice in heaven saying now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our god and the authority of his christ his anointed one here christos in this in this context have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our god and so you'll note that this is a picture of victory it is a it is a word picture depicting defeat of the devil the accuser of the saints and you got you got a note here that the reason why the devil is able to accuse saints is because saints have for real committed for real sins and there is guilt and shame associated with that and the devil is all about the accusation but what is it that overcomes the accusatory work of the devil who rightly points out those saints of yours jesus they are sinners they have committed great and egregious sins against you and so here's what it says in verse 11 and they have conquered him they've conquered the dragon by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they love not their lives even unto death now i'm going to show you something here in the greek and i have to actually make this a little bit bigger so they have conquered by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their, and here's the Greek word, huh. Now, martyria sounds a lot like that word, you know, martyr. That's where we get the word martyr from. Somebody who gives the ultimate witness is a martyr. So, they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their martyrios, their testimony, their witness, for they love not their lives even unto death. So, you'll note then that this testimony that is being referred to, you can make a very, very compelling case from the Greek in the context here, that this is talking about the, the fact that they conquered by the blood of the Lamb, which, by the way, silences the accusations of the dragon because it is the blood of Christ which was shed for us, which gives us pardon and grace and the forgiveness of our sins. And the word of their testimony, the word of their marturia, so they give a witness to Christ and his forgiving, saving work, even unto death. That's the point of it. Now, I don't normally on these segments pull out a commentary, but here's a commentary, uh, the, uh, the the Book of Revelation commentary uh, published by Concordia Publishing House, and uh, was written by Lewis Brighton, and here's his commentary on this sec- section of the Book of Revelation, and here's what it says, "...the saints of God, the followers of Christ, were not destroyed or condemned by God based upon the accusations of the devil." Though tormented by his accusations because of their guilt over their sins, they indeed committed, they never gave in to despair, for their faith was that their sins were washed away in the blood of the Lamb. Now it becomes evident for all to see that the guilt of sin no longer clings to believers in Christ, and God's people had trusted that they were innocent despite the accusations of the old evil foe. They knew that truth because of the word of promise to them. The blood of the Lamb was the actual cause of their acquittal, and the word of their witness was the result that testified to their victory in Christ. They gave witness to the truth of God's forgiveness because of the blood of the Lamb. They held to that witness even in the face of threats, Suffering and death, death, their faith was their victory because they held firmly to the victorious Christ, and for that victory and faith, they were not afraid to die. Thus, they were a living demonstration of jesus' words: The one who loves his life, uh, who loves his life loses it, but the one who hates it, his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So you get the idea. That's what's going on in this passage. Let me kind of stack this properly now. And Zach Drew here thinks that Revelation 12 11 is telling us how powerful the experience of his telling his testimony, even this really weird drug-induced outer space experience is supposed to have as far as forwarding the kingdom. And that's not what's going on in revelation twelve eleven but uh, let's keep going
5: here. Your testimony is so powerful. what the Lord has saved you from, never forget it what the lord how you came to know the Lord
0: yeah, that's not what's being referred to here in revelation twelve eleven
5: The Lord is so powerful, never leave that. That is your testimony, and I've never shared a certain part of mine like I am today on TV.
0: You're not on TV; you're on YouTube. There is a difference,
5: simply because it. I thought it was too radical. It was so radical. It is so radical, so demonic, so so deceiving. I mean, I felt like I was swimming with evil in these moments, and you probably were. So such an. Out of this world experience, I was always too scared to talk about it because I thought people would judge me too harshly. You see, whenever I was very first saved, I actually told this story to several people uh, around me. But there came a point in my life where I felt I had too prestigious – that's probably not – that's not the right word. More of a – I would say recognized position.
0: Yeah, the Jim Baker show. Yeah, you were complicit in moving thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of awful-tasting food buckets.
5: I mean, I, I, I was the co-host of an internationally syndicated program that was seen by hundreds of thousands of people, probably millions of people. and And it was a place where every single word was was judged and, and scrutinized by so many people. I mean, and that's not, talking about this particular ministry, that's anybody who's ever on TV, whoever even has a large YouTube following, there's always trolls.
0: Yeah, so when somebody offers a biblical correction to your false teaching and the false teaching of Jim Baker, yeah, they, they are immediately demoted to internet trolldom. Yeah, isn't it funny how that works?
5: There's always trolls, and I've literally just had to come to place in my mind and say, Zach, you're always going to have trolls. You need to share it. You need to share it. You see, I didn't want to say anything so radical then because I thought that it would discredit my own credibility or the credibility.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure being the co-host of the Jim Baker show, at least that's what you think you were, uh, that would discredit your ministry pretty much with anybody who knows their Bible.
5: Really, of Even those around me. You see, who you saw on the Jim Baker show or True News, that – who you saw Zach Drew, that is me. That's totally me.
0: Yeah, I, I believe it. You know, we're hearing a lot about you. We're hearing nothing about Jesus.
5: That is me on camera and that is me off camera. Truly. I mean, my peers are like, man, Zach, you take these crazy animated stories, you're not on TV. I'm like, bro, I've been, this is how I tell stories my whole life. Like, this is just me. Like, this is, I love research. I love, I love finding out how things work, how they operate, and, and, and telling, telling people. But there's so much to me that, that people don't know.
4: And why do we need to know?
5: And, I was always scared to tell this part of my testimony, but now I believe that that was all a lie. There's only one person that didn't want me telling this side of my testimony, and it is the adversary of our souls. It is the enemy. It is Satan.
0: That- I'm 100% convinced that the devil is very happy that you're telling this testimony because you're not pointing anybody to Jesus. You're pointing everybody to you.
5: That is who does not want to you to tell people their full testimony. Who cares if you look weird? I've given that to the birds. I am serving the Lord. I believe this test.
0: How are you serving the Lord? Jesus said to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching all that he has commanded. He, this is nowhere commanded as far as Christian doctrine or teaching, and it, this is off into just some weird abyss of narcissistic bizarreness,
5: testimony will lead many people that are deceived to Jesus, that have had similar experiences to mine, that have been that have been totally lied to in these crazy other dimensions, these other realms, and it, and they can't pull themselves out of it. But you see, here's the thing. People have these experiences and they deem that as truth because it's literally the most real thing they've ever experienced, but yet it's all a deception because there is only one truth, and that is Jesus. That is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus.
0: Yeah, and what did Jesus do for us again? Because when I read the text in Revelation, it talked a lot about how the blood of the Lamb, you know, forgives, silences the accuser, you know, stuff like that.
5: I believe it was the enemy feeding me those lies. He knew by me telling the whole thing that it would ultimately expose him. This experience was so
4: very real. Yet it was so deceiving. It was all lies.
5: I think by me sharing this story will also explain to many people, once again, why I talk about things like DMT and the trips that literally millions of people are experiencing every year in America alone. I mean we quoted – Andrew and I quoted a study a couple of weeks ago that literally millions of millennials are taking DMT every year in America alone and they're having similar experiences to the one that I'm about to share. These experiences are completely changing the worldview. There are as many things that you could call it. But this new world view, after these experiences that they have, is incredibly new age. It's very, you know, Eastern religion. It's about love. It's about energy. It's about reincarnation, astrology. It's about vibrations in yourself. Vib-
0: right, and if you know your Bible, then you know full well that witchcraft and the concept of drug abuse kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, just it's part of. Just a basic understanding of the biblical Greek text.
5: Vibrations in the things around you, the Christ consciousness. We can all be right and have our own truths. We all have. All we really have is our experiences. So your truth doesn't necessarily have to be my truth. My truth is my experiences.
0: Yeah, that's called moral relativism. And Christian apologists have been addressing moral relativism for millennia. But it's all a lie. I agree. It's
4: all a lie from Satan, the one who wants to
5: take your soul, take your spirit to hell forever and all of eternity. And I'm here to expose that. I'm. Pr- all right. Well, get on with it then. Start exposing, would you? Praying my testimony today will lead many to
0: Jesus. That's only going to happen if you preach Christ and him crucified for their sins, which would require you to also, you know, preach God's law, which shows them their sinfulness and their need for a savior. I get the feeling we're going to basically hear outer space stories, not repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Here it goes. All right.
4: My trip to the demonic. And how it led me to the Lord.
5: So I had just turned 17. I was raised in a Christian home. I really didn't have a relationship with the Lord. I was smoking a lot of weed. And, you know, whenever I could, I would pop pills whenever I would be able to find them. It was a week after my birthday. Um, I had just turned 17 years old and I had always had money growing up. Like me personally, I was always a wheeler and dealer. I was always, whether mowing lawns or I would actually even like knock on people's doors. And and the reason why
0: we're hearing all of this is because he does not understand Revelation twelve eleven, and he thinks that the word testimony there, Martyria, has something to do with him now sharing
5: this experience
0: from when he was seventeen.
5: Uh, I had I had an idea of what. Old electronics were worth. And, and I would just knock on people's doors and just say, hey, do you have any old electronics you'd like to sell me? And I'd buy old electronics in bulk and I'd go and sell it on eBay. You know, I, I would just, I would do random things to go to garage sales and, and buy things and then sell them on eBay. You know, this was in the dot com everything. I mean, I'm probably 10, 11, 12 years old. And, and you know, I was able to buy a, a $1,000 fishing crane when i was like 11 and, you know, a gas powered scooter when all my buddies are on bicycles because I was a little wheeler and dealer. And so I always had money. Um, I always...
0: Zach, do you have anything significant to say about Jesus from a biblical text? You know, from the eyewitnesses who, you know, heard him preach and teach and perform miracles, be crucified, rise again from the grave. Do you have anything that you can share with us
5: from there? You know, I was able to buy my first car whenever I was 16. And so... Even birthday, birthday money—it's like it's, like it's like you know. I would save it for what I wanted. I might not have a lot of things, but the things I have are really nice, and that's how I've kind of always been. And so it was one week after my seventeenth birthday, and I had money to do you know do whatever I basically wanted, and you know that's relative. But I told my cousin. My cousin was with me. There was two people with me that night. And I told my cousin.
0: By the way, just rule of thumb: brevity is the soul of wit.
5: Keep that in mind. I said basically I said just go out and get the best thing you can find, the best weed you can possibly get. So that – so I had made myself a little reverse gravity bong to get myself super high, right? And so it would have been a Saturday or a Friday night or a Saturday and – I'm smoking lots of weed and I'm smoking, it. I'm smoking, and I'm smoking. I, you know, it was almost kind of a game. It was being silly about how much I was smoking it. And still to this day, I do not know. And I'm just kind of like a disclaimer. I don't know how I left reality because I had smoked.
0: <laughs> you have no clue how you left reality there. I'm going to go with the weed had something maybe just you know just a smidge to do with it. How is this helping bring people to repentant faith in Christ for the forgiveness of their
5: sins? Weed several other times. But I do know just from my studies that people don't know this is that weed is actually it's a psychoactive drug. It is in the psychedelic family. And- well, there's the answer
0: to your dilemma then. You just answered your own question. I'm not sure how I left reality.
5: That would be the way. And smoked in mass quantities, you actually can have some psychedelic experiences. Now, to the level of psychedelic experience I had that night, I don't know. I still don't know if it was laced with something. It very well could have been laced with something like DMT. But I do know that the other person with me was also hallucinating. So, anyways. There's clue number two
0: that the weed may have had something to do with it.
5: So it's nighttime. I'm down you know, in my backyard. There's a, there was a big pond, and I'm filling up the reverse gravity bomb with a bunch of water, and I'm lighting the weed, and I'm just getting absolutely blazed. My goal that night <clears throat> as a 17-year-old kid, just turned 17, 16 the week before, was to get higher than I've ever had been in my entire life. I've always been more of an extremist. So I'm, I'm trying to not just get high, not just get a buzz, but get absolutely blazed that night, and blazed I became. And so it was all fun and games. It was awesome. You know, we're laughing and having a good time. Like the, that's what the deception is. It's, you know, it, it, it reels you in because it initially sin is fun, but sin ultimately leads to death. And so that's correct. I remember, even after I'm smoking weed, I'm just completely blazed out of my mind and I'm walking back up the hill from the pond. We lived at a, 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 a house with a walkout basement and there was, you know, a pond at the very, at the base of everything. And me and my cousin, and these two people were walking up with me, and one individual literally started to become incredibly fearful, and we're, we're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. Me and my my cousin Michael, and we he had envisioned himself that he was actually trapped in a, like a cage. Like there was a fence around him, and you know me and Mikey. And- so he became a mime, but
0: rather than it being glass it was an invisible cage. So rather than going like this, he went like that, right?
4: My
5: cousin, we're laughing. We thought it was funny, but that he's freaking out. And so we, you know, in our own imagination, we open up the gate for him and he comes out and he's okay. He's, you know, and we're like, okay, like what's going on? All we did was smoke weed, but things are starting to get trippy. So we go inside and and i sit down on a recliner we're all in the basement and we're all on the you know the couches and everything and it's 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 a tremendous a uh, time it's very it was very um it was very funny it was fun like i was having a good time at this at this moment and something happened to me and i realized i don't know what's going on because this isn't a normal experience but i started to hallucinate cartoon penguins dancing
0: and I'm laughing hysterically. You know, I'm like wheezing. So you hallucinated dancing cartoon penguins. Yeah, I'm
5: feeling closer to Jesus already. And I'm, I mean, I'm having, you know, it was a very funny, very funny thing. And I'm telling, you know, my friends, oh, my gosh, there's penguins dancing, you know, in front of me. Like, oh, my gosh. And it was hilarious. And then it's like everything just radically started to change. Hey,
0: okay, here comes the darkness
5: now. And it became very dark. And it was like within like just a matter of minutes, my two friends that were with me there that night, they had basically just passed out. I mean, they're just literally within a matter of a few minutes, they're they're asleep and they are completely asleep. And all of a sudden, this is whenever it starts to get really dark. And there's certain things I still can't. I was talking to Andrew yesterday about this story. There are certain things I still can't quite make sense of.
0: Yeah, like I'm having a hard time making sense of why you think that this is somehow going to advance the kingdom of Christ and that the devil is trying to keep you from telling this story. One of those things
5: being the very next thing that happened. I started hearing this voice. And this voice simply said,
4: Your word for heaven is yarden, and
5: heaven isn't real. I'm like, what? All of a sudden, it just like unlocks something within me. You know, I'm not—I don't have Jesus living. I mean, like, this is this is this is BC. This is before Christ in Zach, and it was so trippy because you said, "My, your word for heaven is yarden," and it was very, very terrifying. Was Zul there? And the keymaster. Because in my mind, it was like he went. It went to a place where I had forgotten. As a little itty bitty guy, you know, I, I don't really know. Maybe three, four years old. I knew about heaven, and for some weird, random reason, the word that was associated with heaven in my mind as a little infant was yard. I don't know. I can't. I don't know why. And kids are funny. We're funny when we're kids. As so my little word for heaven was a yardin.
0: Okay, so your drug trip, pharmakia, has uh, put you in touch with the demonic, which is exactly to be expected, which is one of the reasons why scripture forbids these things. These hallucinogenic, mind-altering drugs put you into an, an ecstatic state that makes you pretty much super-duper susceptible To the demonic. That's what's happening here.
5: And so he said, your word for heaven was Yarden. And it literally was, and then he said this, and Yarden isn't real. Heaven isn't real. And it was so terrifying because that was the way this thing solidified his credibility with me. Because he told me something that only I would know. No one else – Demons can do that, you know. never knew why this this whole Yarden thing, okay? Now, I just want to give a brief time out. A couple of years ago, I looked up this and I don't know if it means anything at all. I don't have any idea. Then why are you sharing this? I think that whenever we're in heaven that we're going to talk Hebrew. We're going to speak Hebrew. That was – I really – I think that. I, I, I do believe that. Yeah, an Yeah, okay.
0: You know,
5: there's conjecture how old will we be? Will we be 33 years old? Because that was the age that Jesus died for us on the cross. I don't know. We will have glorified bodies, and we very well could be speaking Hebrew.
0: I'm
5: 17 years old. I don't know anything about Hebrew, Greek. I don't know anything about really the Bible at all. Yarden is a Hebrew
4: word. It's not in any other it's not any other
5: language. And I just think I don't I can't I don't know what it means. Maybe you can tell me what it means. I don't know. If it's a Hebrew word, look it up. Why don't you tell us? No. But Yarden is a Hebrew word and it's the Yarden River. Yarden is the word in Hebrew for the Jordan River, the Yarden. And I don't know what that means, how that correlates, because they had to cross over the Jordan River to the Promised Land. The Promised Land today is Jesus. Maybe it's heaven. You know, the, the, it was also known as the you know the Promised Land at the time, the Garden of God or heaven. I don't know, but I think that there's something there that maybe even our infant stages of mind, before we can even talk and communicate, maybe we are more connected to Jesus than we know before that. Maybe that age. Total
0: utter speculation based upon. This drug induced encounter with a demonic. (laughs) What does this have to do with biblical Christianity?
5: Of accountability, I don't know. There's a lot of different theories with that, Mm -hmm. but all I know is that my word for heaven. Whenever I was literally, basically an infant, or not quite, I'm a little older.
0: Just doing a little research here, just because I can. because I am just not happy with what is going down here. All right, I do not want the English for us. I want the Hebrew content. Let's see what we can figure out here. Okay, Yarden. For, for, it's you know just a simple word. It can mean the Jordan River. It is also the Hebrew word for descend. Uh, it can be a descender. Thought we'd look that up, just since he's talking nonsense,
5: we continue. Was Yarn, which is a Hebrew word, so it terrified me though, because he
4: he told me something that only I would know. Yeah, and
5: he says it's not real,
4: mm.
5: and that everything that you know about heaven and these and these, what you think about God and Jesus, it's it's not real. But what was so real in that moment, you need to understand, was this experience. It was more real at that moment than anything I had ever experienced in my entire life. And I became absolutely terrified in that moment, sheer terror. You're in the presence of a demon. You should be. So much so that I went and I went over to my other friend and – everything okay, Andrew? We just had to stop recording um, major technical difficulties. I'm going to continue now. But I just want to say that this world is so much more spiritual than we understand. That it really is a fight for our souls. It is the fight between good and evil that's taking place around us at all times. And I'm telling you right now that the enemy has no power. He has no con-
0: And I don't need your drug-induced experience with a demonic during your rebel years as a 17-year-old you know smoking weed and intentionally trying to get blazed in order to tell me that the devil is real and that he's been defeated scripture already tells me this now i let him spin this out for a long time but the reality of the situation is is that a lot of people think that somehow whether or not you have a great testimony, a harrowing testimony like this supposed testimony, is it's vital. It's a vital part of witnessing and things like that. No, actually, it's not. It really isn't. You see, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Christ has bled and died for our sins. And it's stories like this which end up causing Christians who basically do not have a story even remotely approaching this. They were pretty much garden-variety nerds or something like that, and somebody preached the gospel to them, and and all of a sudden, God the Holy Spirit gives them faith in Jesus Christ, and up to that point, the worst thing that they had ever done was st- steal a number-two pencil from their sister when they were in third grade. And they think, oh, I don't have a good testimony You you don't need a good testimony. The testimony that we're supposed to proclaim is Christ, the one who bled and died for our sins, who rose from the grave victorious on the third day, and the eyewitnesses bear witness to that fact, and we are to call people to repent of their sins, to be forgiven by the shed blood of Christ, and to bear fruit in keeping with repentance." But Zach Drew here just is spinning his wheels because he's trying to find some major spiritual significance and kind of tease out the threads and follow the breadcrumbs and all this kind of stuff. And the reality is is that he is so far away from what he should be doing as a Christian as far as proclaiming Christ that it's not even funny. It's actually quite sad. And so he, he, they had technical difficulties. He'll even interpret that as proof that the devil was trying to keep him from sharing this story. No, really, Zach, the devil wants you to keep spinning your wheels and telling these stories like this. Because the more you think that this is super important, that the devil's trying to keep you from telling the story the farther and farther away from actually substantively proclaiming Christ and what he has done for us, you become so far down the road. I think you get the point. Pray for Zach that the Lord would open his eyes to what the truth of Scripture does say so that he will stop going down this trail thinking that he's somehow teaching what God wants him to teach and opposing the devil in the process because really he's not. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ, his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.